We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, October 2nd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Joining me today, as always on Mondays, my friend Derek Van Riper. Derek, this is the 39th anniversary of Bucky Dent's home run at Fenway Park. All right. Happy 39th birthday to Bucky Dent's home run at Fenway. It's awesome. I'm sure the 40th uh, anniversary next year will be the, the bigger blowout yeah. by comparison. But uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. As a Yankee fan, I was kind of hoping for a, an AL East playoff to celebrate that. I yeah, that would have been fun, but oh well. Twins Yankees tomorrow. I'm going to be very interested. I mean, that's the only game. I, I feel like the Yankees are clearly better, but it's one game, so anything can happen. And the Twins are kind of like underrated offensively, so you never know. But uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the matchups, regardless of how the wild card games play out. I still assume the Yankees are going to win that game. Uh, I think the opening round series, the divisional series, are going to be outstanding this year. Pretty much the entire playoff should be great based on the, the quality of the teams that, that made it. Red Sox, Astros, Cubs, Nats is a great series. Um, I mean, you would think the Dodgers and Indians should win. I mean, the, Yan- the thing with the Yankees going to play the Indians, the Indians are so good, and the Yankees lose Severino for the wild card game. So even if they do win it, they're sort of ha- handicapped a little bit there. But that's, yeah. you know, the curse of being, you know, there you go. That's what you deserve, right? If you're the wild yeah, card. Yeah, that's, that's the penalty for not winning your division. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, sure. I agree. Um, yeah, people saying, you know, hey, it's a one-game thing in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you're a wild card. There you go. That's your, that's your lot in life, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Always. And this first, the, the first round is great because you just got games. Like Friday, there's games all day. And I don't know that I'm going to stay up 1030. I always complain to Tim on Thursdays that I don't, I don't know if I'm going to stay up for the 1030 Kershaw game on Friday night. 
I'll try, but I'll fade in like the second inning. Yeah, I see. I don't know. I've got this bad habit that has probably picked up in the last year, especially. And I don't even have kids. So I have no excuse for this. But if I recline on the couch, what this nice couch that has the full recline. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we've ever had this. Got the puppy now. She's getting bigger. So she's got a nice little routine. If I recline at about 10, 1030 central time, I'm usually out by 11 with ease. And it doesn't matter what I'm watching. You could put on anything and I'm going to just sit there and, and slowly kind of pass out, which right. is just it's weird. I mean, I get up early because the dog gets up early. But I think that's where it all comes from. I think my day starts like an hour, maybe even two hours earlier than it used to. And now I don't stay up late to watch late games. So it's going to be one of the only challenging things about the playoffs will be having to stay up late, especially for those Dodgers games. Yeah. Speaking of staying up late, are you a curb fan? I am. I am. I'm not very far into it. I'm a huge Seinfeld guy. So so you didn't didn't watch the new curb, the premiere last night, the season. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not caught up. I mean, I'm I'm way behind. I started watching curb last winter and I I didn't binge on it that much. So I've, I've probably seen less than 10 episodes. Okay, gotcha. All right. I won't bore everybody with the curb from last night then, but you can tweet me about it, everybody. At Jay Hoppin 37. Um, and Derek's at Derek Van Riper. Okay, let's get to football. Um, Dalvin Cook. That's that's the big fantasy news from Sunday. Just general. There's so many, so many fun things and players who played well and this and that. The Dalvin Cook thing is just a killer. Because if you got him, I know his stock was rising in the spring, in the sorry, in the summer. If you got him, you were so excited. And this is just this is brutal for them and for the I mean I know real life for poor Dalvin Cook. I feel bad for the guy because he was playing so well. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, you hope he can come back and be the same player post surgery. And, and fortunately, with a lot of the you know, advances in in ACL repairs, players do have a better chance now than ever of doing that. But uh, close to five yards per carry in his first four games. I mean, he was running well again yesterday against the Lions. He'd found the end zone for the second time as an NFL player. He's shown us the ability to catch passes. I mean, this guy looks like a legitimate feature back in a league that has fewer of them now than we've ever seen. And it's a huge blow to the Vikings offense. It's going to be some kind of committee, you know, Tavius Murray uh, and and Jarek McKinnon probably as the pass catching specialist. But you you take away the big playability Four carries this year for Delvin Cook already of 20 or more yards on Mm -hmm. 74 attempts. I don't really have high hopes for this offense without him, especially, you know, Keenum played well last week. He didn't play as well this week. Of course, when you look at the Vikings without Sam Bradford and without Delvin cook, it's an uphill battle again for this team. And, and they look like they had the the pieces necessary to be, you know, at least a wild card team potentially. Yep. I agree. And it's, and it's just, you know, with that, that's part of why you could get by with Keenum because cook was playing so well. Um, all right. So what's, what's the play here? What's the fantasy play? I, I know Jake and I are going to talk about this on Tuesday was we get into the free agents, but I mean, you said Murray's the early down McKinnon's the, the probably the pass catching back. I someone speculated Jeremy Hill, which I thought was a little interesting. I'm not sure he's an upgrade on Murray at this point. I mean, I think they think with Jeremy Hill is, you know, well, Zimmer used to be in Cincinnati or whatever. Um, was Zimmer there when Hill was there? This is Hill's fourth year. Mm, there may have been a one year overlap. Okay. That's as much as there probably could have been. Um, 
I mean, what, what do you think here? Like, I, I don't think I, I'm looking at this free agent pool and I, and I play some zero RB type strategies. I look at Latavius Murray. I go, I mean, I guess if I got nothing else going, but I don't think I want a McKinnon. I'm a sucker for McKinnon because of yeah. the athletic ability. But I mean, I, I don't I, part of me now. I look, I go, I don't know if I should go down this road again either. I've fallen into the Jarek McKinnon trap several times. I think I spent most of my fab on him last year when Adrian Peterson, you know, looked awful and, and then got hurt after that. But you look at the the way he's been used, even when they've needed a running back, and it's it's hard to see Jarek McKinnon getting more than fifty percent of the touches in the backfield. Like even that seems like an exaggeration at this point. They paid Latavius Murray more than they probably should have to come in. And then drafted Cook. So you'd think it's probably two thirds to Murray, one third to McKinnon if you had to kind of handicap it. And it's is it even a case where Latavius Murray is your best option on the waiver wire? It depends on the size of your league. Uh, if you're trying to replace Delvin Cook right now. I hope not. <laughs> depends yeah, it's on the league, but I hope not. It's a, it's a bad spot to be in if, if that's your your best option. It is. And this week, the Vikings have – they're at the Bears on Monday night just for, you know, to add a little context. All right. We want to thank Fanball for sponsoring the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Check them out now. Fanball.com. Again, Twitter, Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at jhelpin 37 You can also catch us at Roadwire. Uh, get some player updates, newsfeed at Roadwire NFL, and you can always find us on Facebook. Okay, let's recap the Sunday action um, with – Inter- what things we found interesting uh saints dolphins we did not find interesting much at all um the dolphins are awful do you, do you remember what i said on friday by the way yeah you were all over jay i said i love jay cutler within the i gave you a chance to retract it too you did you absolutely did and i learned a lesson. someone someone said on twitter yesterday i think uh carl safchuk who was a guest here this summer said the problem with streaming Jay Cutler is the player you stream has to be at least somewhat, at least a, a reasonably average player. <laughs> and I don't think Jay Cutler is that anymore. <laughs> he, he, he tapped out himself. I mean, he, he retired and th- this is a, as much on Jay as it is on the Dolphins front office for thinking like, Hey, this guy's way better than Matt Moore. Let's bring him in. He'll save our season. I mean, Matt Moore can do everything Jay Cutler has done so far and probably better. Right. And Matt, Matt Moore's not – I mean, I remember when when uh, Tannehill got hurt. I looked and I went, okay, this is not good, but, but Matt Moore's not terrible. And when they signed Cutler, I was a little surprised. So, so now, I mean, what do you do if you're them? What do you think? I mean, do you think you go, all right, enough of this. I mean, we're out. With Cutler, do you think they do that, or do you think they go? Oh, well, he's probably the best we got. Do they still think that? I don't know. They've got to be just at their end right now because Adam Gaze was frustrated coming out of that loss to the Jets, and to go to London and look somehow a little even maybe worse than the Ravens, or at least as bad as the Ravens did a week ago in that spot, coming off a bad game already. I mean, yeah, everybody seems like they're in trouble in Miami already like yep. it, it's it's hard to believe so uh, a rapid shakeup makes sense if you are not going to play jay cutler I, I don't i don't know the cap implications off my hand i know it's a one-year deal do you release him do you just make him a backup i mean i i don't think it makes a big difference it's it's kind of a question of if you're in a two quarterback league right now 
And let's say it's got 14 teams. So there are no quarterbacks available on the waiver wire who actually have starting jobs. Do you spec on Matt Moore this week because you think Jay Culler is nearing an end in his time in Miami as the starter? I think you probably do. Because, I mean, they've, they've basically been shut out two straight weeks. Right? I mean, they, you know, I mean, last week they scored a touchdown on literally the last play. Yeah. Yeah, it was the last play of the game when the Jets at that point were just like, all right, whatever, we won. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the other, the, the one interesting guy in this game, uh, I mean, you know, a couple of the Saints receivers played fine. Alvin Kamara. Um, is it Kamara or Kamara? You know, I've heard Kamara. Yeah, I thought I it was Kamara. I, I, 90% of the people I've heard pronounce the name have said Kamara. So further, uh, further work needs to be done. We'll have to get a, a clip of him from the University of Tennessee. I would assume that the, the Vols play-by-play guy would have the, the proper pronunciation or, or the Saints radio guy would work too. So he caught 10 passes yesterday. He, mm-hmm. And he looks good. He looks the part of a guy who would catch 10 passes. Not that he's going to catch 10 passes every week, but you, know, you watch him and you go, whoa. I mean, he's, you know, we've, we saw this in the preseason. I mean, you didn't know what they were going to do because they had three backs there. But he looks the part in, of, a, of a guy. Basically, it, it's so easy to compare him to Darren Sproles, even though physically they're different. It, because Sproles played for, it was basically a pass-catching back for the Saints, right? And, and, it's a, and he could play somewhat of a similar role. But he looks, I mean, he just looks good. And, and he, he looks like he could be the type of guy who could have the fantasy value of a guy like Darren Sproles. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and then some because there's a little bit more there physically, yeah. as, uh, as you alluded to. So Adrian Peterson, kind of like the Jay Cutler experiment in Miami, I mean, that might be over. Yes. That, that's, that's at a point where it's like, why are you even doing this? Like you, you have two guys that can get on the field and catch passes and kind of do everything you want for your offense uh, with Kamara and, and Mark Ingram. Adrian, every snap Adrian Peterson takes is, is like predictable. And the Saints are one of those teams that they're crazy about how many personnel groups they use. I think Sean Payton uses as many, if not more, than every other coach in the league. So he seems the kind of guy that doesn't want to tip his hand. That's why he's changing personnel all the time, trying to get mismatches. And yet, Adrian Peterson's still getting some touches. And some seems like too many when you have two other guys who just look clearly better right now. Right. Um, All right. So Alvin Kamara, are, are you picking up Kamara in a in if you're in a PPR league, are you angling to get him this week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if he were available in the same league as Latavius Murray, I know that's not the case in a, a lot of situations, but in some of the more shallow leagues, I think you can get your your hands on a share of Kamara. Uh, I actually prefer Kamara to Murray and yep. and McKinnon too, for what what it's worth. I mean, I, even though I don't like Latavius Murray as a player, I think that volume disparity is going to favor him. But yeah, Alvin Kamara would check in ahead of him. Alex Collins got a lot of volume this week, too. He's another running back that I would plan on picking up uh, ahead of Latavius Murray. It's close, though, between those two because you're you're looking at two offenses that you could see sputtering for portions of the season. Um, all right, let's go to Bill's Falcons. Um, some news. Julio Jones left early. He We don't know his status for week five. Hip flexor, right? Doesn't sound too serious. Um, Jordan Matthews caught a touchdown for the Bills, and he hurt his thumb. He's going to be out a month. I think I saw this morning. So mm. if you were getting a little bit excited about Jordan Matthews, meager production, don't be. Um, Charles Clay. I've been talking about him a little bit as an underrated tight end, and he's making me look smart here. He's, uh, I think that 
Tyrod Taylor likes throwing to him. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of options, right? No, he doesn't. Those are those are some pretty weak options overall, especially once you take Jordan Matthews out of the equation. You're going to see a lot of Zay Jones, a lot of Andre Holmes. So Clay led the team in targets yesterday. That, that's probably going to be somewhat normal. I think you have to keep in mind the Bills when things are going well, and things went well for them yesterday. I mean, the Julio injury, I think Mohamed Sanu left this game early too. That made things a little easier in their secondary. Um, but, hey, look, you, you play the team that's out there from a health perspective, and, and the Bills went into Atlanta and won, which is really impressive because yeah. you think about how, how the Packers looked in that same setting two weeks ago, and the defense showed up. Maybe this is one of those team defenses that we're going to have to start looking at more carefully. Maybe the, the corner play is legit. I mean, there's there's a lot to actually be excited about right now if you're a Bills fan other than your receiving core. Like, that, that is a problem, and it's one of those problems that's kind of hard to fix in season more often than not. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, the Bills look great. If, I, if you're a Bills fan, you're ecstatic right now because you thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, especially after they traded Watkins. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the two trades they made uh, late in camp or early midway through the preseason, I guess that was the time. Mid-August, I think, is when that went down. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they were joining the Jets in punt mode. Yep. And they're in first place here on, on October 2nd. So, wow. Uh, but th- their recipe is pretty clear. I mean, play good defense, run the ball well with LaShawn McCoy. Mike Tolbert continues to get, like, backup volume touches, eight carries in this game. Right. And then, uh, you know, keep Tyrod Taylor somewhere between 25 and 30 attempts most week, but they didn't even have to go up above 20. I mean, 9.1 YPA on 20 attempts. If you're not going to throw it a lot and you get that kind of efficiency, that's that's good. That's balanced. That's what you need. You need the threat of being able to make plays in the passing game. And and Taylor's been providing that. Yep. Um, the other thing, uh, back to Clay, I think that this I don't have last year's game logs in front of me, but I believe what we've got here is over his last eight games for this year, for last year, he's got 39 receptions. So pretty clearly Tyrod Taylor's favorite receiver. And if you've got a tight end who can go on a 75 catch pace, he can play for you. I mean, he he's not Kelsey or Gronk, but he can play for you. <laughs> Maybe not Zach Ertz either, who's fantastic. Um, all right, Steelers Ravens. Um, you mentioned Alex Collins, and after last week, we thought, well, you know, it was garbage time, and West is still there, and Buck Allen's still there, and let's ignore Alex Collins, everybody. Now, not so much, right? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about Alex Collins, uh, you know, getting more carries than both Allen and West combined and looking much better per carry than those two players. Every time he's been given a, an opportunity this year, he's put up a kind of gaudy yards per carry average. And you know, the only thing I really can recall about Alex Collins prior to this season, uh, I think it was his final season at Arkansas. He looked good going up against SEC defenses in college and you know, on a team that Arkansas could score points, they can't really play defense. At least they haven't really been able to play a lot of defense in the the Bielema era. But nevertheless, Alex Collins looked kind of legit as a college player to me. Not to the point where I was like, hey, this guy has to be a starting running back in the NFL. But he kind of passes the eye test when you right. watch him. And that's been the case in these limited carries so far in the NFL, too. So I, I think it's easy to see how he's started to take over the Baltimore backfield. The question for me is just what's the what's the ceiling given the current state of this offense? Flacco under five yards per attempt. 
two picks yesterday, sacked four times. They're, they're missing Marshall Yanda in a big way. And I guess we should know Alex Collins did lose a fumble yesterday. I think he fumbled uh, a week or two ago also. So that could be the one thing that, that kind of chips away at him on a personal like skills level. But then there's the question of, okay, if the Baltimore offense is bad or almost bad, I think it's bad. What kind of production ceiling does Alex Collins have? Like low end RB two flex play. Like yeah. where, where are you comfortable with him right now? I got, I, I don't, I don't know if I see him going, you know, 15 for, you know, 90, which is, I mean, high yards per carry. You know what I mean? Like between 15 and 20 carries and getting 80 to 90 yards and a touchdown. I know he got, he literally had the, an identical stat line the last two weeks. Um, yeah. Nine for 82, which is odd. But, um, like, you know, I don't see that high volume and the high production. And, you know, like you said, the offense, I mean, Flacco's terrible. So, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a guy who I, I think I might pick up if I was running back desperate. But I don't you're, – you're right. I'm not expecting much. Because Buck Allen's a, still catching the ball, too. Yeah. Yeah, six catches for Buck Allen yesterday. Collins had two targets. So, that's still a timeshare in, in some form, even in the best-case scenario for Collins. Right. And, yeah, you still have to have some concerns about what the Ravens can actually do offensively. You know, I, I had red zone going when this game was on. It's my usual plan when the early games are all running simultaneously. Did is there any indication that Joe Flacco is taking any more shots downfield or is everything still short? Because everything I saw was very short in the passing game. I was, and I was with you. I was watching red zone and flipping. So I'm watching more Panthers. So I did not see this one. All right. I, I, yeah. Well, there's there's I'm looking I'm kind of browsing through the the play by play log on ESPN. And I guess you can you can cheat a little bit. You could say like incomplete deep. Right. Like <laughs> you can search that in the play by play log. And there's at least one shot to Wallace in here that they they flagged as a deep target. But the, the greater point for whatever reason, and they have at least decent receivers. I mean, Macklin and Mike Wallace are at least good enough yep. to make some plays. Every time I've watched the Ravens closely, and that doesn't count this week, so if you threw down the field a lot this week and I, I didn't see it, please let me know. He's been checking down and dumping the ball off like crazy, and it makes me just doubt that he's even remotely healthy. Fair point. Um, all right, Bengals-Browns. Uh, boy, Browns, I wish they were better. I thought they were. They would be better. Um, Crowell. What do we do? He got out snapped by, I, I, and you know, this is another one. Um, since Duke catches passes and they were down a lot, that matters. But um, Crowell's just not getting it. I mean, he was a third round pick in a lot of cases, and it's just not happening. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing Cleveland's got a good offensive line, and the logic made sense. He just wasn't one of those guys I was getting. I yep. fortunately avoided Isaiah Crowell. I, I just. I had concerns about the quality of the Browns overall. I thought that was that was a little bit of an issue where it was hard for him to exceed value as a third round pick. It's hard for most players to do that. But there are third round picks that you take or fourth round picks you take too. you say this guy could be a first or second rounder next year. And I, I don't I didn't have that mindset with Crowell coming into the season. Are they going to you know, punt on him eventually and give Duke Johnson more carries or not? Because. You know, Duke only had four carries, a little better per carry, but he found the end zone with one of his four attempts, catches a ton of passes. I like Duke Johnson 
as a player. And he might even still be out there in some 10 team leagues. So considering how much they're struggling and with that recipe, how many games you're going to have where you get a lot of targets going to the running backs. Are you pretty aggressively pursuing Duke Johnson in like a 10 team league? If he's still out there, I don't think I am much as I like him. I don't think I am. I don't think he's going to get enough. I don't see how the workload works out well enough. Right. Like I think it's too. I think I think the the likelihood likelihood of that is too low. So no. So I mean, are you cutting Crowell? Like if you if if you were going to go get Latavius Murray this week, you said all right. You know, volume wise, I think that might work. Or if you're going to go to get Alvin Kamara this week. Is Crowell a guy, if he's on your roster, you're looking at him going, I mean, it depends. Context is everything. I get it. Could you look at Crowell and go, yeah, maybe he's a cut or, or is it too early for that? It's probably not too early for that. It's at least in consideration. Yeah. I think there's going to be a, a better player to let loose on most rosters. But mm-hmm. on a 10 team in a 10 team league, you have to consider Bilal Powell might be available. I'm at a 10 teamer where Kamara, Duke, Powell, Collins. I mean, all those guys are out there right now, and it kind of depends on your need. Like, are you streaming right now? Are you just trying to find upside later? I mean, if you're looking for upside later and you're not really playing Crowell right now anyway because you have ample depth, I'd rather have Kamara and kind of see what the Saints do with him than get the bounce back from Crowell and still have him sharing the workload. But even if Crowell starts running better, He's not going to catch that many passes because that's what Duke Johnson does. Like that's that's the problem that Crowell has. He's he's capped because of how good Duke Johnson is as a pass catcher. Yeah. And Duke Johnson, 20 catches so far. And so he's got a nice pace going. I know yesterday was a whole bunch. But um, all right. And back to one guy I want to mention, um, Collins. We talked about 10 percent ownership on Yahoo. So very much available if you want to go that direction. All right. Most of you tried daily fantasy sports games and, you know, you had fun, you loved the competition, and you, you lose, unfortunately. How'd you do this weekend, Derek? I did not do well. I, um, you know, I had some things that I got right. Like, I had Lamar Miller, of all things, which would be great for winning a tournament <laughs> if you could do eight other things remotely right. But, um, yeah, I had a bad week in DFS. Me too. Um, see, so the problem is sometimes you lose and you lose some more and, you know, you lose to the sharks in the pool and, and it makes you not want to play, but playing daily fantasy is supposed to be fun. And we're here to tell you about a whole new approach to daily fantasy sports, the fanball number at fanball.com. Here's the fanball difference. Your fanball number identifies your skill level and it ensures that you play in contests against players at your skill level. If your fanball number is 35, you're not going to be playing against experts rated in the eighties and nineties. They have their own contest at fanball.com. Every player has a fanball number and every contest has a fanball number. So you can find a contest rated around where you're supposed to be like the 35 I mentioned. And you know that it'll have players just like you. They've leveled the playing field with the fanball number at fanball.com. Have more fun and a better chance to win with fanball.com. All right. Rams Cowboys. Um, the Rams frisky. Of course they're still leaving the NFL in points, right? They are. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love it. I really love it. It's, there was a there was a point. I want to say, yeah, it was that second preseason game. I think we talked about this briefly on Friday, but there was a point where the Rams, you know, they started to get that little bit of preseason buzz and then they came out the following week and didn't look good. And then it kind of went away. But everything's looking really strong right now. I mean, Sean McVay looks like a great coaching hire. Jared Goff, sure, not 1-1 if you draft again, but 
looks a lot better than he did last year. Oh, yeah. It's, ama- it's amazing what an improved offensive line and better weapons will do. I mean, it opens up the running game for Gurley, who had another big game against Dallas, over five yards per carry. How about 94 receiving yards, too? What a monster. I mean, if, if you went up against Gurley this week, he was on the short list of players that was just really hard to beat because he put up so many points. Right. Like everybody else did okay. The Gurley owners this week won in, in pretty high volume. Same with Zeke on the other side of this game, too. Zeke played really well, too. I mean, right. I think the, the thing about the Rams that's surprising me, though, is some of the, the depth options. Cooper Cup's not going to do it every week, but had an easy touchdown in this one. They have two tight ends that Goff seems to like throwing to in Higby and Everett. Um, and then the only real issue you have is the health now of Sammy Watkins. I mean, he left this game early, two targets, one catch, 17 yards. Coming off a big game last Thursday, too. I've got him in the NFFC. There's a real gut punch. That's going to be among the reasons why my main event team actually loses this week. And I had had a good week, too. Like, it, it's ran into somebody else that had a good week. And frustratingly enough, you know, Sammy Watkins' quiet game might be the reason why I lose. Ouch. All right. Um, so, Goff, do you – so, he's is he a legit streamer at this point? I mean, his numbers yesterday weren't huge. Is he a type of guy you want to stream? And this week they've got, they've actually got the Seahawks at home. So not this week, right? I mean, do, do you, I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Not against the Seahawks, even, even though it's in Los Angeles. Um, you got to look at the schedule for a minute. Let's see what's coming up for the Rams. There's probably going to be a handful of spots where you do it. I don't know. He's probably the kind of guy that if I had a, a Brady, a Breeze, or a Rodgers, where I don't have my backup on the roster, 12-team league and golf still out there. I'm comfortable picking him up and throwing him in for that one week, but I probably don't want to use a roster spot on him. Right. In a lot of situations, if it's like 14 teams that he's probably owned, you mix and match him. Is he more or less valuable to you than Alex Smith right now? Well, okay, so I just looked at the upcoming schedule. Seahawks at Jags, home for the Cardinals, at Giants, home for the Texans, at Vikings. That's not easy. No, that's a that's a really good test for him. The next six weeks, though, holy cow, we're going to find out how good the Rams really are. I mean, yep. uh, because of the defenses they're going up against. And wow, I mean, at least, yeah, half those games are at home, fortunately. But there's there's not a weak defense at all in those next six games. Nope. And, and that's when people are going to be going through the bye weeks mostly. So it's not not even really like a good pickup and roll them out there kind of scenario, at least as it lines up right now. I mean, those teams could get banged up or something and that could, that could change, but he gets the saints <laughs> the week after all that. So yeah, that's true. But that's, we have that to look forward of, to. And the first four weeks have not been difficult, not taking anything away from Jared Goff, but Colts, Redskins, Niners, Cowboys, not a murderer's row of defenses. No. Um, all right. Titans, Texans. What a, uh, okay. First Marks Mariota getting an MRI on his hamstring. We'll find out more soon. Um, so I've been asking you for the last two weeks about Deshaun Watson. Um, how viable is he now <laughs> this week? Week five buys start this week, everybody, by the way. And this week, the Falcons, Saints, Redskins, Broncos are off. That means no Drew Brees, no Matt Ryan, no Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I would love to fire up Deshaun Watson against the Chiefs. Love, love, love. Would you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty apparent at this point that what he can do as a runner boosts up his floor week to week. Um, and 
against a team like Kansas City, you could see the Chiefs putting up points on the Texans and and Houston having to throw it a lot. I mean, Watson, it, it, I think I think List was tweeting this out. How did Watson not win this job outright? I mean, it, right. it took a, a bad half from Tom Savage in the opener before Bill O'Brien pulled the plug. But was it really close in practice? I mean, like that's <laughs> that seems ridiculous. Now the Texans put up fifty-seven points, and the quarterback who led them to that wasn't even the starter to begin week one like that. That's kind of weird, but yeah, I like Watson as a streamer. I mean, I like him maybe as a bit more than that compared to Jared Goff. I think the, the again, the week to week floor is a bit higher. The schedule is probably not as tough as we just talked about with Goff's schedule uh, and, and his number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins is healthy. So I think that bodes really well for him as well. What do you make of, of Houston's running game right now? I mean, Lamar Miller looked a lot better. Right. Uh, still catching passes, too. So even if Foreman keeps chewing into the workload a little bit, Foreman didn't catch passes at the University of Texas. He just he was not put on the field in those situations. I don't know if it's a matter of him not being able to or of him just simply not being asked to do that in college. So even if Foreman gets 40 percent of the carries, Miller gets 60 and the catches as well. Two TDs kind of bouncing back from a slow start. Do you feel good about Lamar Miller right now based on how things have played out these first four games and with Watson looking really good right now? I think I feel good about him because his price was lower this year, right? People sort of fade. Where, where was he going? Was it right around, around Crowell? Maybe a little earlier than Crowell, but I think there are probably some people out there that would have, have said, nah, I prefer Crowell to Lamar Miller. I don't think that was a, a major leap. Going right. back of the you know to draft season. I mean, even with this, you, you know, with Foreman eating into the carries, we're still at. I mean, sixty-eight carries over four games, which is fine. Catches the ball a bit. Um, you and I have talked about the fact that you know the running quarterback opens things up a little bit for the runners generally. Um, see, I'm I'm fine with Lamar Miller. I mean, you 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 didn't pay some sort of first round premium for him, so it's fine. It's fine if he gets 60% of the carries. I'm, I'm good with that because I think he'll be productive the way things are going. It looks like he'll be productive enough. Um, and Foreman, Foreman's an interesting one, you know, because he's, he's sort of one of those, he's a higher volume than your average handcuff type. I don't like to handcuff, but Foreman's the type of guy I wouldn't mind because you can see he, even in bye weeks, he could be startable at this point. Or it sure, sure looks that way anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think the Foreman stash appeal, whether you have Miller or not, is just Miller's injury history and, and how Miller seemed to really break down late last year, too. So, yeah, there's that sort of, hey, we got to take some of the workload off him. Foreman's going to be the guy that does it. But they had a huge lead in this game. So if Deonta Foreman doesn't get 13 carries a game for five weeks, that wouldn't be shocking either. Just because right. when are, are the Texans ever going to have a lead like that again? <laughs> no, I mean. That's a franchise record, and it's. I I just didn't see it coming at all. Like no. I I thought the Titans would could go in and win this game. I thought it'd be a good close game, uh, and wow, like Houston. I mean, we're, we we got to rethink what Houston might be this season. We we thought in the beginning, I mean, that with average quarterback play, they were a legitimate contender, right? That's what it with seemed defense, like. I mean, last yeah, they, year they were a good team with a very good defense. And their quarterback play was terrible. And all they needed was average quarterback play. I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, you know, you look at the the pass rush too, Clowney and, and Watt really leading the way there. Whitney Merciless. I mean, they've just got 
they've got a lot of weapons on defense, which maybe makes them a team that can match up well. I think matchup against the Chiefs next week is going to be a really good game. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one. Me too. Um, all right, Lions Vikings. We talked about Dalvin Cook. Um, uh, are we ready? To get, is is the Eric Ebron fantasy experiment over? Uh, he's maybe like a bye week tight end now. I mean, maybe. even that. I mean, they're throwing. I mean, they. I mean, they had fells on the field a lot. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Did Ebron maybe get dinged up in this game, and we don't know about it yet? I mean, what what would be the reason otherwise to? give five targets to Darren Fells. I, I don't blocking. Know. I haven't seen anything. I, I, I you know, again, we're, we're doing this Monday morning. So, you know, the, the amount of research has been, it's, you know, it, we've, we've skimmed. I know I've skimmed mostly for, for what I haven't watched. Um, I, it, this just looks bad. I mean, it's just not happening. I mean, we got four, four games in and this is just not happening. And you, you, Eric Emerald's not good enough that you want to, that you want to hold, right? <laughs> that you're going to, no, no, I need to hang in with Eric Ebron. It's no, yeah, make make the move. I mean, like let him go and, and pick up Charles Clay. I mean, if you have Ebron right now and Hunter Henry is out there, do you look at Hunter Henry as an upgrade? Uh, I think yes. Even though yesterday was an odd, you know, the, he didn't. The, he, the volume's a little scary. I think I'd rather have Hunter Henry. Okay. Um. All right. Well, sorry, Eric Ebron. See ya. It, it's weird. Now that you said that, he'll probably score soon <laughs> exactly. and, and have the game. But uh, no, I, I'm with you. I, I just. At a certain point, you can't just hope that a player is going to take on the role that you want him to take on. It's just it's not developing that way. I agree. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right, Panthers-Pats. Running Cam Newton is back. I was so excited. From a fantasy standpoint, now, being in Charlotte, I was excited to see the Panthers win. Um, But the, the design runs for Cam were back. And the scrambling was back. I mean, this is that's our guy right there. That's the guy fantasy. I mean, and before yesterday, it was funny. After last week, we were all sort of down on Cam Newton saying, you know, well, if he's not going to run and he's throwing this terribly, I mean, you know, what do we want him for? You know, I'm not starting him. But yesterday you were you were backing away. Even against the Patriots, you were backing away. And um, this was very, very encouraging. And not just because of the production, but because of how he played. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, part of the red zone block for me. But seeing the highlights of Cam looking like himself again, very encouraging, not expected based on what happened at home last week against the Saints. I mean, the only way you could have really rationalized the, the Cam usage from like a DFS perspective was to say the game script would lead the Panthers to have to throw a lot. Um, but man, I, I, I am surprised that he was this good in this spot, nearly 11 yards per attempt at three passing TDs, one rushing score. 
are you fully confident that he's he's all the way back? I mean, going on the road to New England, I know the Patriots defense has underperformed this year, but going on the road to New England and getting a win and playing well, that that certainly seems like things have, have kind of fallen back into place. Is one game enough for you to be confident in Cam again? It's enough for me to be confident that his season is not going to be some sort of disaster. Because I think last week, the I think we talked about this Friday, that the problem seemed to be that he hadn't had full weeks of practice, but he needed the reps. You know, the shoulder was bothering him enough so that he couldn't practice all the time, but, but he needed the reps because he didn't get them over the summer, and it was kind of a tough way to get him. Last, it sounds like he practiced more last week, and and things are better. Now, I will say, their receivers were just running wide open. It was ridiculous. I mean, the, there's so, I don't know what's wrong with the Patriots' defense, but there's lots of stuff wrong because it's just... I mean, Kelvin Benjamin was wide open a lot, and Funchess found every seam possible in their zone. I mean, it was just, they, they were open. And, you know, he, I mean, he was hitting them. I mean, you know, Cam was missing open receivers in the first three weeks, so this was encouraging. Um, this coming week is the Lions on the road. So, I mean, I, I don't think this Panthers offense is, is you know, going to start hitting on all cylinders necessarily, but the first three weeks they looked bad, and I think we're out of the woods on that. That's the way I look at it. And Cam Cam is a viable fantasy starter, especially I, I think they got to the point with him where you looked and you said, and what I've always said about him is, look, I don't want to beat up Cam Newton as a passer, but he's not a special quarterback if he doesn't run. You know what I mean? And that's real life and fantasy. He's not. That's what makes him different. That's what makes him it, 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 not just exciting, but but a, a very productive, you know, a, a game changer. He's not a game changer as a passer. He can be fine and he can do well and he can beat you, but he's not a game changer unless he runs. And yesterday he did. So I liked it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge, huge step and a really good sign for the Panthers. That matchup against the Lions. Talk about games that should be good games in week five. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amir Abdullah picked up four point seven yards per carry against Minnesota, found the end zone. Did that with volume. So Detroit, you know, we, we've looked at them and said they can't run the ball and they're one dimensional. Well, they couldn't throw it against the Vikings. They still won. I mean, they, they played good enough defense to win. Stopping a rejuvenated cam or a healthier cam is much more difficult than stopping Case Keenum. But I mean, the Lions are kind of interesting right now, too. So, yeah, add that to the list of, of great games. And the, the Patriots defense is, is bad. You know, that, that's still like we, we would have been feeling better about Cam if he tore up the Saints last week. Right. And I, I don't think the Patriots are as bad as the Saints defensively. They might be close, but Kelvin Benjamin, I mean, didn't do it with volume, got over 100 yards. The Funches game was huge. McCaffrey didn't even do that much. So I don't know if, if he got extra attention or what, what that was all about. But I saw Fozzie Whitaker get a screen and score. And as a Christian McCaffrey owner in, in a couple places, I was very frustrated. You know, if you go watch, go watch that play because McCaffrey went out to the right like he was going to get a screen. And the whole Patriots defense seemed to lock on him. And then Cam turned to the left and threw to Whitaker. And there was just, it was almost like there was nobody there. It was a, it was a, it was a really good play call. So that, that's what happened because what, I, I think what's happening with – McCaffrey is interesting because you look at the production so far and it's not that great, but opposing defenses seem to be keying on him and that might be part of it. 
And, and, you know, right. just because of the type of player he is, you know, it's, you know, for a guy who hasn't produced much in the NFL yet, he sure has drawn a lot of attention. Yeah. So he's, so he's opening things up, uh, for everybody else right now. And eventually it will happen for him. And he's such an explosive player. I know it's, it's frustrating if you're sitting there and you're going to lose and be one and three or something. And you took Christian McCaffrey in the third round of your draft. Uh, I mean, non PPR, especially where he, he pushed him out there and said, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're not getting points for every catch. I think the yardage is going to be good. I think he's going to overtake Jonathan Stewart. Hasn't happened yet, but it's it's at least helping the Panthers offense in a big way. And that's it is a great design. I, I didn't see I didn't see the beginning of that play, like how it developed. I just saw just saw Whitaker on a short pass. And I thought, oh, man, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> right. He looked and went, is that Fozzie? Um and by McCaffrey owners, it's been a bumpy start. It may not have been what it may not be what you've expected. He's got 22 catches in four games. It's not awful if you're in a PPR league. You know the floor is decent, and and like Derek said, I agree it'll get better. Um, by the way, Devin Funch is 25 percent ownership on Yahoo. If you're curious about that, uh, Jags Jets, uh, Bilal Powell. We've been waiting, and he had the, the touchdown run was fluky. Did you see that one? Yeah, he he kind of like hurled the defender and he must have cleared him because they reviewed it and yep. he, he fell down, got up and scored. And uh, the Jags defense stopped. And that's I mean, if you're playing against Bilal Powell as a, as a as a fantasy player, you're so annoyed that someone <laughs> didn't just walk up and just touch him on the shoulder because it, it seems like that's just football 101. It's not like you're going to go up and, and smoke him and like hit him with the crown of the helmet you just run up and tap him he's down like just make sure a player who has fallen down is down if it's close at all right like that's that's just and if you're jacksonville and you you basically lost because of that i mean the way the game played i went to overtime the jets won on a field goal but a close enough game where that easily made the difference it it, it did um and it, powell by the way other than the seven i mean you say oh he ran for 75 yard touchdown other other than that carry, he was 20 for 88. So it was fine. But, I mean, th- this is one of those situations where if they're going to play well, Elijah McGuire played well. So he's 10 for 93, right? And he had one, you know, huge play. They seem like they're committed to giving him some of the work. But, unfortunately, with the Jets, I know they've been better than expected so far. And this week they're playing the Browns, so they could hang in that game. Long term, the game scripts are not going to go this well for the Jets running game. Right. I mean, more often than not, they're going to play an offense that puts them in a position to have to throw more. And sure, Powell can catch some passes. Uh, I'm not sure about Elijah McGuire's ability in that that phase of the game. Uh, Matt Forte, you know, if healthy, kind of gets back into the equation. On the road in Cleveland, home against the Patriots on the road against the Dolphins, the Dolphins looking terrible. I mean, the, the Jets could, could beat them again. Man, they're playing the Dolphins again already. Seventh, third, third and seventh game. Who makes this schedule, by the way, <laughs> every year? It's like, what are you guys doing? Why, why does that happen? But the Falcons are on the schedule coming up in the not so distant future. Bills, Bucks, Panthers, Chiefs. Yeah, there's some teams in there that can put points to the board. There's a road trip to play the Saints. So it's going to be a little bit feaster famine at times because I think you're right. That game script is going to be less than favorable on a somewhat regular basis. All right. So where, Elijah McGuire is 2% owned on Yahoo. Where does he sort of fit 
into. I'm not asking you to make a list, but what's your, what's your interest level in going after him as opposed to some of the other guys we've talked about? Lower than most of those other guys we talked about earlier, you know, the Murray, Collins, Duke types. And I think it's just because of the forte factor uh, and, and the game script. I mean, I believe in him as a player. I just think he's kind of the number three back right now. Uh, if The thing about Forte's injury, though, that could be a little more serious than the Jets let on. It could be like a multi-week injury. Right. At least there were some whispers of that last week. So that's the thing to keep a close eye on. You know, is, is he... Is he like dealing with turf toe? And do, 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 do you trust the Jets to punt on that forte? Yeah. Uh, no, I want to say yes, but no. If he's there, they'll probably he, he will be as he will be part of some sort of rotation if he's healthy is what I would guess. Yeah. So that's 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 my, my hesitation. There's a deep, there's a stake league, deep league where I, I still don't have a second running back. Elijah McGuire stood out to me as the the most like intriguing player available on the wire going into the week. And I looked at my team and I'm like, nah, I got Jalen Richard. You know, he could break off a couple big plays and give me seven or eight points. I'll, I'll stick with Richard. <laughs> right. So mad. I mean, if, if I never think about it, it's not a big deal at all. But I, I strongly considered the move and then didn't do it. And ugh, just it, I, I just don't trust a lot of multi-week value right now uh, unless something happens to Bilal Powell. All right. Actually, I think I told you I, I had to start um, McGuire and Fishbowl this week. Well, that worked out. Yeah, it did work out. I'm still losing by a little bit. I've, I've got an Alex Smith. I think I'm down four. And I've got Alex Smith going against Kirk Cousins. So it's mm. going to be a nail biter. Yeah, that'll, that'll be pretty close. Yeah, I need I need a win. Um, okay, so 49ers Cardinals. Interesting thing here to me. Carson Palmer is leading the NFL in pass attempts by a lot. He's literally he's ahead of Eli Manning by 17 attempts. He's thrown 183 passes in four games because without mm. David Johnson, that makes sense, right? Yeah. So. Fitz is going to get his, but a team that's going to throw that much can certainly support more than one receiver. It looks to me like other than Fitz now, Jaron Brown is the guy. And it's not just because he played well yesterday. Last three weeks, 29 targets. He, John Brown is not trustworthy. J.J. Nelson has been banged up. Jaron Brown seems to be the least appreciated. I, I think he's the least appreciated of that group. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the, the output's been there. He scored in week three, over 100 yards this week, you know, 73 yards on 11 targets against the Colts. Uh, snap counts are high. The target counts are high. So he's out there a lot. I, I think his role could diminish from a, a target standpoint if Nelson and or John Brown are healthier at some point because I think they, they still bring a little more to the table, but talk about another guy that's a bigger target that can just be a solid possession receiver on a team that needs to have more of like a ball control pass first offense right now. Jaron Brown can do that. Mm-hmm. 2% Yahoo ownership, everybody for him. Um, and this week they have, they're at the Eagles, not easy. Um, okay. Uh, Eagles chargers. Speaking of the Eagles, uh, if you picked up Wendell Smallwood, things went well, right? 
they did. He's one of the players I had stashed away for a few weeks. I was curious to see what happened with him this week, and it, it kind of paid off. So I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, that could be all right. He uh, got you know, the bulk of the targets in the passing game. LeGarrette Blunt had one target, one catch for 20 yards, but Smallwood had six targets, four for 45, got 10 carries. Wasn't as good per carry as LeGarrette Blunt because Blunt had a 68-yard run in this one. That really kind of set things up. But I think Blunt looked a little better than usual in this game. So I am hopeful that Wendell Smallwood is a, like a slightly better Duke Johnson type with the chance that he can take on more. Only a little bit discouraged by the fact that Corey Clement yeah. also got 10 carries. Like There were a lot of carries to go around. And uh, Corey Clement was more heavily involved than I would have expected. All right. Otherwise, oh, Chargers. I, I, you know, did you think they were going to be good? I did. Yeah, and I know um, our friend Mike Clay at ESPN had him projected to do a lot. I think he even had him projected to win the division. And I thought that was a reasonable sort of outside-the-box thought. A lot of people were on Oakland, and uh, maybe some people were still on Denver. But it made sense. And Melvin Gordon yesterday, 10 carries, 22 yards. The Eagles' Mm -hmm. defense is good, but uh, Phillip Rivers kind of, produced with volume and the efficiency didn't look bad it, it seemed like he was really like having a hard time with, with ken wisenhunt and the play calling yesterday i think there, everyone saw the the clip where he, he came came away from the line they didn't call a timeout or it was two minute warning i can't remember what it was might have been a timeout he was just screaming at ken wisenhunt and mouth guard fell out he was just he was a wreck uh, but Tyrell Williams at least looked better. It's, it's been kind of a, a slow start for him. The Melvin Gordon thing is really disappointing, but do you look at that as anything more than a one-week anomaly? We've seen Jay Ajayi uh, have a couple of really bad games he was early on this too. year, too. Gordon was banged up last week, right? So maybe yeah, that's that a knee, that, that, that knee is an injury. A knee injury is kind of still there. Uh, the per-carry numbers, though, for the season, 3.1 yards per carry, 54 attempts through the first four games. I mean, the... The Melvin Gordon is a bust crowd is going to start to <laughs> pop up for uh, for all intents and purposes, which how much of it is his fault? How much is the line? That's kind of the, the ongoing debate. You know, I'm a Wisconsin guy, so I I tend to defend Melvin Gordon. I didn't see this game in its entirety, but it's not looking good, especially you know he had the the poor game on the ground against Miami. We're seeing how bad Miami looks. What's up with that? I mean, that, that's really surprising, too. Right. Uh, I agree. I, I don't. I thought yesterday that was an easy one for JHI, right? Yeah, well, I guess the other thing with Gordon, too, he caught uh, the Denver defense in Denver in week one. So if the Eagles are legitimately like one of the better run defenses in the league, Denver's good. Could be a little bit of schedule early on. But for a guy that you drafted in the first round, in many cases, most cases, you had to have expected more than, than this so far. Yep, Absolutely. Okay. Um, oh, one, one other thing. The, the tight ends, again, I, I mean, I don't know what to do. I mean, Hunter Henry at least got you a touchdown. You probably didn't start him yesterday because you were terrified after two goose eggs. But, I mean, the two of them combined five catches for 34 yards. And uh, fortunately for them, see, here's the catch. The Giants have now given up five touchdowns to tight ends in four weeks. Right? They gave up one mm-hmm. to Ebron. They gave up one to uh, Jason Witten. They gave up one to who was last week when they almost went Ertz. And yesterday they gave up one each to Brayton Howard on the bus. Jeez. So, but then you look at the Chargers coming to play the Giants and you go, well, if the Chargers had one tight end, this would make a lot more sense. 
but now you got to figure out Henry versus Gates. So not so easy. The, the streaming strategy here is, is half good and then runs into a roadblock with the Chargers. So, all right. Everybody, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Now, I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps, and I can instantly find seats. Derek, um, you, you've had similar good experiences with SeatGeek, right? Yeah, the app is really easy to use, and as I've uh, mentioned on this pod before, we're going to a Packer game in a few weeks. Definitely going to use SeatGeek to get the tickets I need for that. All right. Uh, where are you going, Packers who? Packers Saints. Okay, that's a good one. See, I still Lambo is that's one of the you know the bucket list ones that I haven't been to yet. Oh come on, you got to got to get that going. I know I've got a brother in law lives in Milwaukee too, and he's bugging you know he's been bugging me for years. You got to come up and go. Does, and we just haven't gotten around to it. Does he have tickets already? No. Well, there you go. That's what SeatGeek's for, right? SeatGeek's got your back. Yes. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code ROTONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thanks a lot, SeatGeek. All right, we talked about Giants Bucks. And we've been talking about lots of running backs. And uh, Wayne Goldman, come on down. You're the next contestant on Can Anyone Run Behind the Giants Offensive Line? Is it mm. a yes or a no? I am surprised that Gallman looks any different than Paul Perkins, but he did look better and vision behind a bad offensive line matters. And Gallman looked like he looks like he has some of that. So I am cautiously optimistic. If I were in a 14 team league looking for a running back, he'd be on the list of backs in my queue to pick up for this week, probably near the bottom, but on that list nonetheless. And maybe a guy that you get, if you're playing in a league with fab for, Five bucks or less that ends up taking on more of a role than we're expecting. Gallman or Elijah McGuire? Gallman. I think I think the, the path is a little clearer for him right now. Gallman or Alex Collins? I'll say Gallman again on that one. And that's mm. that one's probably about where the line is. All right. I mean, I'm gonna check the ownership percentage, but I have a feeling it's one or two, right? It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really low. Yeah, it's uh oh it's three on Yahoo. Um, wow! Well, uh, how about that? Yahoo moves fast. People people have a lot of first come first serve leagues on yeah. Yahoo. Um, but all right. Otherwise, in this game, I mentioned the Giants. Uh, the the tight end is Cameron Cameron Brate four for eighty and a touchdown. O.J. Howard got his touchdown. Um, one more thing on the Bucks. Uh, this week upcoming, the Bucks play the Patriots on Thursday night at home, and Doug Martin is going to most likely be active. I mean, he's, his suspension is over. We think he'll be active. Do you think he grabs that job back from Jacquez Rogers now? I don't see a compelling reason for the Bucks to keep running Jacquez Rogers as a feature back. I mean, if you want to you give Doug Martin that last chance, do that. I, mean, I was surprised that, that Quiz got over five yards per carry against the Giants, no less, but... 
I, I think this is a better offense with Doug Martin as the lead back. Okay. Um, and Doug Martin, not widely available, by the way, in case you're looking for him. Raiders Broncos. Uh, Derek Carr hurt his back. Sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, we talked Friday about how I thought the Raiders might be able to score in this one. And I may have been wrong. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's Denver. It's at Denver. Like That's, that's the thing that makes the big difference for me, especially, is if it's in Denver versus a, a road game where Denver has to go and play somewhere else. So the altitude is a factor. Yeah, it's just it's all those things kind of rolled into one. The injury for Carr was just kind of weird looking like he mm-hmm. the way the way he got hit and then where he grabbed on his back. It didn't quite add up for me. OK, didn't. What do you mean? Why? Well, it looked like he got hit up high around like the, the neck or the shoulders. Okay. And then he was kind of grabbing at his lower back. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he's got twisted up funny and, and that's that's where symptoms were the worst. But I, I just. I don't know. Something seemed a little weird about that. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, he's probably fine. Like, okay. I guess. I mean, that's good. I I hope he's okay. But I, I just – something didn't look right about it. And maybe it will prove to be nothing and I'll look like an idiot again. But uh, I, I want to see how this actually plays out over the course of this week. If you happen to be a Derek Carr owner and you haven't been holding a backup, have a backup on your roster before you get to the weekend just to be safe. Um, where are you if you're an Amari Cooper owner? Mm, you know, I'm not, but uh, this is what Denver's corners do to a lot of good players. And without Michael Crabtree out there, especially more attention could have been directed at Amari Cooper yesterday. So, yeah, you're frustrated, but still got eight targets. Um, I heard I saw some tweet about Cooper could Amari Cooper couldn't catch syphilis in an 18th century Parisian brothel or something. I was trying to find the tweet and I couldn't find it. Hmm. Well, people, who does that tweet sound like? People are angry. It wasn't anyone we know well. Oh, okay. So, you know, Liss would have been my candidate if it was. Oh, yeah. That was the first person that came to mind. But yeah. it was it was probably just somebody who was mad online, right? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, Colts Seahawks, the night game. Uh, Chris Carson looks like his ankle injury is bad. Um, Pete Carroll called it, I think, I don't know if he said significant or very significant, but it sounds like he's going to be out a while. Um, where are you going? Rawls was a healthy scratch. Lacey came in and played and did okay. Procise was hurt, but shouldn't be far off. JD McKissick, who's probably more the, you know, the, the little, the, the, the little change of pace guy got a touchdown. Where are you going here for the Seahawks? I think they have to kind of go back to Rawls, but Oof. the fact that Lacey was active ahead of him is kind of surprising. You know, McKissick, Nah. Nah, nah, I don't know. He he looked looked okay. Yeah, like, sure. Five eleven, one ninety four. Yeah, that's not tiny, but not like you know, not like built like a Devonte Freeman type, where it's like, oh, okay, he's five eleven, but he weighs two hundred and five or two hundred and ten pounds. So, yeah, uh, I, I I don't know what to make of McKissick. I mean, he he'd be below the Gallman line for pickups, probably worth throwing a dart just because they were using him in a spot where I didn't think he'd even be on the field much. All right. So Lacey is 18% ownership on Yahoo. Do you think he's going to get more than 10 carries in a game for the rest of the season? I, I don't, I don't know. He played well last night. I, I look, I, I am an as anti Eddie late anti fantasy Eddie Lacey as anyone. I never own him. 
But, and last night was the Colts. I get it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it makes, it makes sense to add Lacey and it, it makes sense to put him ahead of McKissick in, in the queue. And it actually probably does make more sense to go Lacey over Rawls. I mean, teams, if, if they thought Rawls was better than Lacey right now, Rawls would have been active last night. Correct. That's, that's their evaluation. So we have to kind of go off that. Maybe my CJ Procise dream will come true soon. Yeah. If he gets healthy. Yeah. I mean, Lacey's going to share with somebody, whether it's McKissick or, or Procise, right? Like that's, that's going to be kind of the, the script there but do you think with Lacey all right I could, I could see 10 carries again do you see him getting 15 carries in a game probably not unless they play some bad team and they're winning you know 30 to nothing and this week's the Rams so that ain't it so do you like him more than Wayne Gallman and Alex Collins I think I like him more than Alex Collins because I can see the path back to I think the path to feature back is more likely with Lacey than with Alex Collins. That's not saying a lot, but that's what I think. Wayne Gallman might be different because the Giants don't, they might just say we, we're not sure where else to go. Makes sense. The uh, matchup's coming up on the road against the Rams in yeah. week five, bye week, and then uh, at the Giants. Mm, not so. easy either. Okay. No, not not soft, but Jacquez Rogers was running on the Giants yesterday, and <laughs> that's true. I don't know. Weird. Did the Eagles get their running game going against the Giants in in week three too? Uh they did. Yeah, but Blunt ran decently, and I think that defense will get better. I mean, the thing is, you, yesterday you can't argue that they, you know, the first three weeks it's been while well, they've been on the field too much, they're exhausted. They weren't yesterday. Yeah, they controlled the ball pretty well, generally. Um, Skins Chiefs tonight. Anything other than you know the amazing ridiculously good Kareem Hunt. What else are you looking for? Yeah, the Kareem Hunt show uh, is pretty interesting. And <sighs> Terrell Pryor, you going to show up? Yeah. Is it going to happen? Josh Doxson, more targets for him. I think those are the three things I'm, I'm most excited about. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's actually a good game. And again, I think the Redskins, I, I generally think the Redskins can score on people. So, um, and the Chiefs defense is, well, I mean, same thing last year. They're not that great. You know, they get some turnovers and things, but they're not that great. So I think this could be some there could be some points here. Um, of course, Kareem Hunt's going to, you know, score a 70 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter or something and just be awesome. Probably. He, he probably will be awesome because he is because he is. Right. All right. Everybody listeners to this podcast and get a free day, free 10 day RotoWire trial. RotoWire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now. RotoWire.com slash pod. Derek, what? Should people be looking for earlier this week other than more podcasts like the one I'm doing with Jake on Tuesday on free agents? Yeah, if you if you want written word to go with spoken word, uh, the uh, waiver wire column that Kevin Payne writes, that'll be up on Tuesday morning. Uh, Jeff's wa- uh, week five rankings, weekly rankings, those will be up. I believe Wednesday is the day those usually come out or late Tuesday. Uh, and of course, Mario's film review comes out later in the week as well. So lots of great stuff coming up over the course of the week. Where do you think Jeff's a Bengals fan? Where do you think he's going to have Joe Mixon after that 17 for 29 outing? 31 among running backs. He's going to be pessimistic. Yeah, he'll be pessimistic. OK, that was a rough one. I, I was all Browns, in on Mixon too. yesterday. I know. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the Joe Mixon owners were like, yes, this is our day. This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> oh brutal 17 for 29 oh well it'll get better i think 
maybe. Everyone, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. We'd appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Our next episode will be coming on Tuesday. Like I said, Jake Latarski and I are going to be talking about free agents. Lots of running backs, as you learned if you listened to this podcast. So check back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.